Hello and welcome to the Essential Empowerment Podcast. My name is Amelia Adrian. Together in this space, we'll listen and learn about the ability of essential oils to heal and transform our lives. This is a place for us to diffuse wisdom, to share our understandings and to grow our appreciation for the power of plant medicine with essential oils. And I'm so glad you're here. Welcome back to the podcast. Thrilled to be back here and in conversation with you today. The discussion, the conversation is around this quality that I have been really feeling into over the last few weeks, the quality of peace. I'm curious what comes to mind, what comes to your heart when I talk about the word peace. What do you see? Maybe you see visual images, maybe you see flower girls in the 70s, maybe you see the peace symbol, maybe you see memories of a time in your life when you felt and experienced peace. It has become one of my life goals to be peaceful, to experience peace as often, as regularly as I can, really up to the point where I can embody peace and be a transmitter of peace. Now, I know saying that is kind of audacious. It sounds audacious to me. It probably sounds rather audacious to you, maybe, I'm guessing. And I'm curious why. I'm curious why we find it such a difficult and other quality. My sense is that part of it is because the world is so clearly not peaceful, at least a lot of the world, and definitely the world that is presented to us through the mediums of media. We may also not feel peaceful, we may also not see peace in our homes, in our relationships, in our work. I fully acknowledge that the world is a crazy wild place and life is a crazy wild journey. And I am committed to creating peace in my body, in my heart, in my home, and I am committed to becoming a transmitter of peace. In this time together, I don't have the solution, I don't have any answers. What I'm going to explore is some of the understandings that we have of peace available to us. It's almost like I'm going to point some arrows at peace and what peace might be, what peace might mean for you. I'm going to start with a quote from His Holiness the Dalai Lama and he explains, the question of real lasting world peace concerns human beings, so basic human feelings are also at its root. Through inner peace, genuine world peace can be achieved. In this, the importance of individual responsibility is quite clear. An atmosphere of peace must first be created within ourselves, then gradually expanded to include our families, our communities, and ultimately the whole planet. So His Holiness the Dalai Lama is clearly pointing us towards the inner world, towards the inner experience of peace, as opposed to searching, seeking, attaining it from 
outside of ourselves. He's talking about cultivating it internally as a way of being, as a practice, as opposed to reaching for it somewhere away and outside of our very being. And indeed, it does stop with us. Intellectually, I know this to be true. Somewhere in my deep knowing, I also know this to be true. We cannot hope for world peace. We cannot even complain about all of the destruction and all of the wars and all of the terrible acts that we are witnessing in the world if there is no commitment or cultivation of peace internally, of peace in our bodies, of peace in our life, of peace in our relationships, of peace in our homes. That's my current belief around this state of being. Inner peace, this is a couple of definitions now. Inner peace, or you could call it peace of mind, this is from Wiki, <laughs> refers to a deliberate state of psychological or spiritual calm. Hear that, a deliberate state of psychological or spiritual calm despite the potential presence of stresses. Being at peace is considered to be healthy, a homeostasis, balance, and the opposite of being stressed or anxious and is considered to be a state where our mind performs at optimal level with positive outcomes. I'm not so sure about that dualistic thinking where being at peace is the opposite of being stressed or anxious. I do understand where that uh, suggestion is coming from. But more and more I'm understanding that peace, cultivating peace, is a practice that acknowledges there may be anxieties, there may be fear, there may be stresses, and can continue to maintain an inner vibration of peace even during those outer, or let, not outer, but let's say those, mm, those more peripheral experiences. I don't mean to diminish anyone's experience of anxiety or stress by calling it peripheral. What I'm interested in exploring is that peace is already here. Peace is already here and it's simply a practice of uncovering like the layers of an onion, the outer experiences of stress, of anxiety to reveal that quality of peace that exists within all of us. It's, it's there, it was, it was with us when we first came here. Peace of mind also can be considered by some cultures to be a state of being. So not just a, 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 an inner, an inner quality, but an actual state of being. And for some cultures and some practices, some religions even would use various forms to create and cultivate that peace breathing exercises, prayer, meditation, yoga, tai chi, all the different practices that can start to create a, an atmosphere of peace within our body. And many spiritual practices actually refer to this quality of peace, this inner peace, as an experience of knowing oneself. So perhaps we start there. Perhaps that is the, the direction of travel rather than outwards but inwards <laughs> so it's a self-knowing the path to peace is through knowing oneself deeply i'm going to walk us through some common mistakes that i've 
uncovered about peace and I'm going to walk us through a couple of different types of peace if you like and then I'm going to talk about how we can cultivate it, how we can start to cultivate it and of course the oils will be there, the oils will be one of the practices. So let's look first of all at some of the associations that I have around peace, some of the words that come to mind. So maybe just close your eyes now. Let's make this a, a dual, a back and forth conversation. And before I give you mine, what are some words when, close your eyes if that's safe for you. <laughs> what are some words that arise when you think of peace, when you think of yourself in peace or somebody else that you know in peace or a peaceful situation. What are some of the words that arise for you that you associate with that quality? For me, the words are calm, relaxed, stillness is part of it. Interestingly enough, when I really looked into this, other words came through that I wasn't expecting. Sometimes I think there can be an association of peace as something that is inactive, something that is um, not moving, let's call it that. But some of the words that I, I uncovered around my association of the word peace or the feeling peace or the being state of being of peace is flexible, patient, so this, this word, particularly the word flexible, this is quite, to me, this is quite an active uh, word. It's quite an active understanding. Sometimes we can mistake peace for being very tired, like you're so tired that there's kind of nowhere else to go other than just to kind of be at peace. And indeed that can happen. Sometimes we can associate a feeling of peace with being numbed out or being desensitized thinking of times when we drink lots of wine or when we might take drugs. We can mistake that feeling for peacefulness, but being half asleep or being desensitized by these things, while it can postpone feelings of nervousness, anxiety, worry, fear, resentment, anger, these disruptors, if you like, of peace, the relief is is temporary, the relief is short term. This isn't something that is going to last beyond that time window uh, when that substance or that uh, experience is kind of living in our body. The turmoil actually is still there underneath. All we've done is is dampen it. All we've done is, is put a kind of a, a, a quietening pedal on it, if you like. Peace is not unconscious. Peace is active in its consciousness. And Eckhart Tolle says this, he explains to us, peace is not being asleep or being numb. It's the opposite. It's a state of heightened aliveness when we become more conscious rather than less. And this requires an awareness of the kinds of thoughts that habitually go through your mind. So he's calling on us to wake up, to become more conscious, to become more aware of the parade of thoughts in our minds, to help us identify and create and cultivate what is masking the peace, what is running alongside those peaceful, that, that inner state of peace that we all have. Another common perception about peace is it can be mistaken for happiness. Happiness and peace are two very different things. There's a proverb that says, highest happiness is peace. 
So indeed, peace might be a flavor of happiness, but happiness is actually a very transitory feeling. It's actually something that comes and that goes. We can experience happiness and it can be wonderful. It can take us in on a, a nice kind of feeling of very, very, feeling very high, but it will pass. The peace that we're exploring and that I'm interested in here is the kind of peace that is immune to these ups and downs of life, the polarities of life. None of us go through life without experiencing things that are upsetting, even tragic, or indeed inspiring. None of us go through life on an even plane, no matter how much we might try and numb ourselves to that. Life is a roller coaster with suffering built in, ups and downs, highs and lows. When we lose somebody dear to us that we love, or if we have a, a health problem, or if we suddenly lost all of our possessions, for example, it's not that we would suddenly feel happy. Of course we wouldn't. But there is a choice in that experience. And it's it's suggested here by me and indeed by others that if we can locate a quality of peace in the good times, in the bad times or the challenging times or the difficult times, we can remain connected to that quality of peace at a deeper level. And then those emotional extremes, for example, they don't have to knock us over. So we have a calm that is not necessarily being affected by what's happening in the world outside us because we have this trust, this acceptance and this inner understanding of ourself and our own nature, no matter what's happening. And that takes me to this understanding of trust. Trust, I believe, is an important component of peace. It requires a dropping down into the flow of life, into the flow of experience. You could, if you are that way inclined, associate it with a trust in the universe, in spirit, in the divine, in God, whatever your higher power is. Dropping into a place where you are connected to that force, that energy, that life, that life force, cultivates a sense of trust of releasing the need to be in control not to say that we don't have agency or that we don't have choice but releasing this need to be in control and dropping into a deep trust into the flow of life and the flow the beginnings and endings the the way that life occurs and unfolds indeed another quality i feel that is associated with trust is this relaxation of the need for things to be perfect. Perhaps there's more than a relaxation, perhaps it's a full release, which is for many of us really tricky. I'm totally a recovering perfectionist. It's absolutely something that I work on day to day, minute to minute even. Being in a quality of peace is being in a place where the the, the awareness of imperfection is present. And within that awareness of imperfection, there is perfection. Within that awareness of imperfection, there's no need to fix anything. 
There's no need to fix a situation. There's no need to fix a problem. There's no need to fix a relationship. There's no need to fix something that's, in inverted commas, broken in your life. It's simply an awareness of it. And that's not to deny responsibility for whatever power you may have in being part of the solution, but it releases us from this this need and this egoic desire, I believe, to control and to fix things. I've witnessed this many times simply in relationship with my kids, actually, in activating a deeper quality of listening. And it has created a more peaceful relationship between us. So when they might offload or explain or tell me about something that's going wrong in their day, in their life, rather than me kind of sort of half hearing what they're saying and then waiting for them to stop talking and simply adding in, well, this is how we can fix it, like becoming the the solutions provider, if you like. I simply listen, like on a deep level, on a really, with a very clear listening, what is it that they are saying? And often all they are saying within the whole problem, whatever it might be, is hear me. I just want someone to hear me and to be in this experience with me. And actually, often they will say to both myself and my husband, I don't need you to fix this. I just I just needed to share it. I just wanted to share it. And it creates this quality of peace between the two of you. And from that, all sorts of blessings grow. So let's look at four different types of peace. The first one is a fleeting peace. So this might be something that you experience. For example, you could look out of the window and feel a sense of peace, have an experience of peace. Maybe you're looking out at nature or maybe you would just simply have broadened your perspective on the world and it allows you to feel a quality of restfulness. The second kind of peace is a present moment awareness piece. And it's really that piece that Eckhart Tolle was referring to at the beginning of our conversation. It's this awareness of a problem, a situation, an issue that may be occurring in your life, in your mind, while that problem, that issue, that story, if you like, is playing out in your mind, there is a parallel awareness that you as the witness are watching that story. So there is a detachment from the problem story, if you like. This creates a quality of peace that gives us space, provides spaciousness. And I'm gonna give you two really practical um, examples of that through a story of mine and my husband's. We went to Dubai a couple of years ago. We have family there and we took a day trip to one of these crazy big water parks. I am not a fan of bungee jumping. I'm not a fan of huge water slides. I don't need to go on a, a zip wire. <laughs> I'm like really familiar with my fear or so I thought. So on this time time in the water park, we 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 went went to this like really crazy good water park and the kids wanted to go on one of these really high water slides where you kind of chug 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 right up to the top you're in like a dinghy and there's a group of you in the dinghy maybe eight people per dinghy and then it goes down this like almost vertical slide <laughs> 
and then kind of whooshes up the other side of it. So you you have a huge adrenaline rush as you go down it and then you whoosh up and everything's fine and you're safe. But the moment before you go down, it looks very frightening. So my experience in this situation, I'd gone on the ride. Remember, I don't like these things. <laughs> I don't like to do these things. I'd gone on the ride to kind of be with the kids and to have an experience with the kids and with John, with my husband. So we're, we're chugging up the top of the, the um, to the top of the slide. And we're in a, a group with four people, other people that we don't know. And as we're chugging up, I'm starting to really regret the decision and the bravado of like, yeah, I can do this. And I start literally dropping into complete fear, swearing like you cannot imagine, calling all sorts of names to the to, to John for like making me do it and, you know, blaming all like in complete fear, absolute terror. In that situation, there was no perspective on the story, right? There was no witness of the story. There was only the story, I'm going to die, or this is terrifying, or I can't believe I'm, you know, fill in the blank in this situation. Of course, once we'd gone down the, the slide, I loved it, screamed the whole way down. It was completely exhilarating and came off and was like, oh, I think I could do that again. Now, John's experience of that that water slide was very different. Well, one, he found it hysterical that I was so in fear. And of course, he knew that we were going to be fine. But he relayed to me that what he does in those situations is even when he has fear, he'll take his mind to as much as possible to the witness. So what seeing in his mind, how still he can become in the presence of the story of fear. So his experience of that water ride was completely different. Yes, he had fear in his body, but there was an element of peace in his process, even though he was in fear, because he was able to, to watch himself, to watch the fear rising and to see it as a story. Interesting, two different, completely two different experiences of the same situation. The third type of peace is a kind of oneness. And this really overlaps with that quality of trust that I was talking about earlier. And this is where we think of or where we understand that we are part of a bigger whole. We are indeed an individual, but we are all connected. There is there is no existence that occurs just as a one individual unit on its own. We are all waves in the big ocean of life. That quality of peace, when we can experience that awareness, and it may well indeed be when you look out at the sea and you understand that the vastness of the water can drop you into this experience of connection. Often it's in nature that we can experience this kind of feeling. A quality of oneness. There's a type of peace that connects us to this quality of oneness. And then the fourth kind of piece, again, linking into that trusting spiritual awareness is the spiritual piece, the eternal piece. And this really is attuned to whatever it is that your <clears throat> belief system allows, whatever it is that your belief system attunes to. This quality of peace that is greater than you, that is part of the universal life force energy that guides the planet that guides the universe good 
cultivating peace. I've got five practices for you. Some of them we've already spoken about, so you'll hear some repetition. I like to repeat because in repetition, this is one of the ways that we learn. We hear something one way and then we hear it another way and somehow it goes in into our sense being. So the first one is to cultivate awareness. And this is being aware of the mind chatter, being aware that there's a problem, that you may have symptoms, if you like, of that problem. For example, you could have a, a physical issue. So the symptom of that physical issue, let's say you have a, a back problem. It could be that your back is aching. And you could have a story around that. I can't be happy because I can't rest because why does this always happen to me? Whatever the story is. But at the same time, if there is the opportunity to cultivate awareness, to witness what that story is that you're associating with the problem, we open up a space, we open up a gap. And in that space, in that gap, peace is present. Peace can drop in. Second thing for practicing peace is to remove your obstacles to peace. Especially if we are going with the assumption that peace is an inner job, <laughs> peace is an inner feeling, an inner experience. We can still cultivate our environment, our atmosphere to influence that inner experience. My invitation is to consider who disrupts your peace. <laughs> Now, you may say, my toddler disrupts my peace. Okay, fine. That's like nothing we can do about that. Toddlers are going to be toddlers. Toddlers, many toddlers are noisy. Many toddlers want to be met with, with play, with joy, with fun, with games. What I'm curious about is, is there a way that within that you can still cultivate moments, places, spaces where there can be peace. Maybe it's other people, maybe you have a situation at work and somebody really prompts you, really triggers you and that causes a disruption in your peace. The question, the invitation is to ask yourself, is the disruption in my peace out there, outside of me? Or is it because it's questioning or asking me to look at something within me that needs healing or needs to be addressed. The third thing around people is there may well be some people in your life who do disrupt your peace, who are what we might consider, I don't like this word, but let's use it for, for ease, toxic. And it may be that those people may be beautiful, fun, gorgeous, loving people, but simply their presence in your life creates a disruption in your peace. And in that case, maybe it's a limitation. Maybe there's some damage limitation that goes on. So you hang out with them, but you don't hang out with them all the time. Or you make sure before you hang out with them that you have done some practices to keep you feeling very grounded. And after you've hung out with them, you do some clearing practices. So it's not that we have to eliminate everything and everyone from our life to create peace, far from it. It's more about creating bridges to those people in our life that we, in inverted column, commas would say disrupt our peace and finding what that bridge is what's what's that bridge to create a more peaceful path thirdly 
Find the practices that feel peaceful to you and commit. For many of us, it's time in nature. For some of us, it's yoga. For some of us, it's meditation. For some of us, it is connecting with good food. For some of us, it is using the oils. The oils are great facilitators in bringing and reminding us of qualities of peace. And I'm gonna talk specifically about oils in a moment. The reason they do this is because firstly, the oils bring us into present moment awareness. We cannot be future or past. We can only be here and now when we inhale an oil. The second reason the oils help us to cultivate qualities of peace is because, I don't wanna say inherently, but there are certain oils and indeed perhaps all of the oils with specific characteristics connect us to a part of ourself that is asking to be heard. And when we hear it, when we connect to it, that oil that has reminded ourselves of that part that is asking to be heard is, I don't want to say pacified, but is, is met. And within that meeting, there's peace because we are seen, we are heard. All we really want is to be seen and heard. And yes, of course, being seen and heard by other humans is gorgeous and wonderful, but being seen and heard by plants is equally magical and remarkable. <laughs> Fourthly, one of the biggest disrupt disruptors of my piece is distraction whether that's distraction through social media, distraction through emails, distraction through interruptions from other people when I'm dedicated time to doing something else. So consider what your main distractions are and start to create some boundaries around them. So one that I've created recently, for example, is my phone, my mobile phone doesn't get turned on because it's a huge distraction to my practice and to my peace in the morning. So now it doesn't get turned on until after both meditation and yoga practice have been done. So that might be, I don't know, like 10, 10 a.m. for me. Is your phone the first, is the first of all identify if the phone is a source of distraction for you and if it is, is that the first thing that you turn on in the morning or the first thing that you go to because all that will do is take you outside of yourself, it won't reflect you back inwards. The oils are perfect as well for cultivating a quality of internalized gazing if you like in the in a positive sense and for removing distraction because what they literally do is bring us inwards if we think about the activity of inhaling an essential oil we breathe the oil in something that is external in the environment either in a bottle in the palms of our hands or from a diffuser we breathe it in something that was outside of ourselves suddenly becomes inside of us becomes part of us. So we follow that pathway, that aromatic pathway directly inwards. So the action, the flow is internal, taking us into introspection, inward gaze, inviting self-knowledge, which is one of the pillars of peace. The fifth suggestion I have for you for cultivating peace is to attune your sense awareness to peace, both without and within. With our brain, we have something which you've probably heard of called the reticular activating system. And the reticular activating system is something that we set to seek affirming, how would I say, to seek affirming 
beliefs. So what this reticular activating system does is it will seek to confirm that which we already believe or or have dropped into our, our awareness. So for example, the, the example that's often used in this is if you've just bought a fancy red car, or not even a fancy red car, a regular red car, you will then see those cars everywhere, whether that's a red car or the actual specific car that you've bought, because you've already set that template in your brain as something that's important. So it's choosing what's important. And remember, the brain can choose it's sneaky, the brain. So sometimes the brain can choose beliefs that are not helpful. And then the reticular activating system would rather be right. <laughs> so it will go and seek those beliefs. It will go and seek those beliefs so that we can confirm, yep, I was right all along. I knew that things never worked out for me as an example of a belief that you might go and seek out to confirm through the reticular activating system of your brain. My suggestion, invitation to you is to seek peace in the environment around you. Seek it around you. Seek situations of peace. Seek moments of peace. Where do you see it? A resting moment, a gaze out of the window, a cloudless sky, a divine interaction that you may well witness in the supermarket that evokes a quality of peace. Remember, peace doesn't have to be somebody sitting with their eyes closed in meditation. Peace is wide awake, conscious awareness. Peace may be a feeling that things are suddenly, just for this half a second, things feel right. So I'm inviting you to create a seeking system within your brain, intentionally choose to seek out moments of peace. Maybe you choose, maybe you make it simple and you choose three. Today I'm gonna to seek out three moments of peace and write them down. This is the key. At the end of the day, write down those three moments that reflected back to you that there is a peaceful possibility out there in the world. Whether it's something that you experienced in a moment alone with no other human being or whether it's something that you witnessed. But consciously choose to look for experiences of peace and just notice how your belief system starts to shift and how peace starts to become audacious and possible. Good. Let's look at oils. My favourite oil blend at the moment is one that is from doTERRA. It's called, I'm breathing it in, <laughs> maybe you can smell. Oh, it's so heavenly. It is holiday peace blend. This comes around once a year. It's available to order from doTERRA and it has a divine blend of Siberian fir, Douglas fir and Himalayan fir. So it has all of the firs which give us that seasonal quality. It also has grapefruit, this beautiful citrus which cuts through the depth of the woods, frankincense which grounds and roots us and vetiver which grounds and roots us even further. So let me break that down a little bit more for you, this blend which contains Siberian fir. Now, this essential oil has a chemical composition in it that is predominantly made up of a compound called borneal acetate. This provides calming benefits. Inhaling, studies show that inhaling borneal acetate promotes relaxation and reduces stimulation during stressful situations. 
the energetics of Siberian fur, fur are that it helps us with perspective, helps us drop into stillness and helps us drop into quality of presence, a quality of being. Grapefruit essential oil. There's studies that show grapefruit essential oil decreases the salivary and serum cortisol levels within humans. So cortisol, as we know, is one of those stress hormones that we do need, but too much of it takes us into a state where anxiety may be felt to a degree that is unpleasant. Grapefruit has been shown to help regulate that, to actually even decrease the cortisol levels. Himalayan fir brings us into that quality of grounding as all the trees do. And frankincense, the 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 wise, wise, ancient tree frankincense brings us into this quality of stability, of grounding, of protection, even truth. Frankincense can help bring us into this understanding that peacefulness is available and there is truth in this. There is truth in this. Finally, two more oils in this blend. Vetiver. Vetiver essential oil opens us up to deeper connections of support. It roots us literally. Vetiver essential oil comes from the roots of the vetiver grass. These roots grow down around 15 feet, so they are literally holding, in many cases, the earth in place. When they're used for meditation, when, used, when using vetiver for meditation, it helps us with this connection between rooting this heaven, this earth place and the heaven place. So it helps us drop into this place in between, this spaciousness, if you like. Tiffany Carroll, my teacher with the energetics of essential oils, talks about this. She says it gives us fortification for the yin quality, that leaning back, that feminine flow quality, brings us also back into this present sensual moment connects us into the space between things the space in between things and then finally douglas fir which is quite a sweet fir in there and douglas fir is the oil of generational wisdom so this is a profound addition to this blend because peace can sometimes be found through breaking the chains of what has previously been set as a template maybe from our ancestors or maybe from childhood patterns, things that we have uh, accrued, if you like, over time that have disrupted our peace. So that's holiday peace. It's beautiful. You'll only be able to have it for the months. I believe it's available in December. I don't believe it's available any other times of the year. So if this is calling you, this beautiful combination is calling you, then do access it while you can. The way I use it is so simple. I use it in my diffuser around this time of year and actually I use it throughout the year as well. But this time of year, it does help to stabilize and create an environment in the home of peacefulness. Good. The second blend I want to talk about is pretty obvious. It's Peace Blend. For those of you in the doTERRA world, this is a blend, I'm just inhaling it right now, that is very deep. The oils you'll find in this blend are, there's some overlaps with the Holiday Peace blend, but there's also more florals in there. So you'll find in there vetiver root, lavender flower, lang-ylang flower, frankincense resin, clary sage flower, marjoram leaf, labdanum twig, spearmint leaf. 
I've spoken already about vetiver and frankincense and the power of those two oils for grounding and stabilizing us. Qualities of peace really arise from feeling stable. So invite into your life things that help you stabilize, things that help you feel rooted and grounded and connected, people that help you feel rooted and grounded and connected. You'll be amazed if you prioritize stability, how peace can flourish from that fertile soil. The floral oils in there, the lavender and the alang-ylang, they bring us a, a rocking, a soothing sensation. So they lull us, almost like a lullaby, creating this quality of mm, trust, helping to create this quality of trust. The marjoram in there, which is actually quite difficult for my nose to detect, but I do know that everybody, I'm breathing it in to see if I can experience it. Yeah, just a faintness of it. I do know that everybody will detect different aromas within the same blend because, of course, we all have our own patterning. Marjoram is a powerful oil for inviting strength within softness. So rather than a rigid, hard, mm, mm, directional strength, what marjoram gives us is that flexibility to be soft within our strength. Flexibility, remember, is one of the qualities that we would associate with a peaceful mind. Spearmint also, I believe, feeds into this. Spearmint is one of those oils that kind of shakes things up a bit. The mints all lift the energy up and spearmint is a, it's almost like a, a dancer within the blend. It helps to shift everything up. So reminding us of our power and our ability to be flexible. And clary sage brings it all together in oneness. Clary sage connects us into vision, calls in an experience of oneness, reminding us that peacefulness comes through this connection to something bigger than ourselves, uh, the connection of the wave in the ocean, the, 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 the capacity to understand that we are all part of something bigger. Good. I hope that's been helpful for you and has opened up some curiosity and audacity about prioritizing peace, particularly if you are listening to this at the time of recording. At the time of recording, we are the first week of December, leaning into the chaotic and craziness of the Christmas season. Christmas is for those of you that celebrate it, and even for those of you that don't, you'll still feel the energy. Christmas is a time of increased pressure for many people and increased activity for many people and our peace can sometimes become a victim of that increased activity and that increased pressure. My invitation is for you to prioritize your peace, to intentionally choose times, practices that locate peace right at the front and center of your life. If you want to do this with me, I have an offering for you to join. We will, again, this is for you if you are listening in real time, so to speak. So in the first week of December, from December the 12th to December the 16th, I will be offering morning practice of peace for all of us. I will be guiding us on a short 20 minute meditation practice to prioritize peace at the beginning of your day to allow that to carry you through to the rest of the day. 
So if you are interested in joining me in that, we'll meet each morning on Zoom. And if you can't make it at the time that I'm choosing, which will be 9.30 in the morning, then the live recording can be sent on to you. If this is calling you and you would like some more prioritizing of your piece, the link will be included in the show notes. You can register there to receive all of the notifications. Otherwise, you can go to www.ameliaadrian.com forward slash prioritize hyphen your hyphen piece. And that is prioritize with the English spelling of S rather than Z. Good. Wishing you so much peace today in your being and in your home. Much, much love.